You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 37 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Hey. Hey, man, we're back. We're back. Hey, let me ask you a question yeah. before we get into anything. Uh-huh. Can, can, you can see me, right? I can see you. Can you see the glasses on my head? I can't. You gotta, <laughs> no, I can't see the top of your head from where you're... Uh, but can you see them? No, you gotta move. Other way. Yeah. No, other way. Yeah. No, they're buried in that... <laughs> they're buried in that shag. It's not good. My hair is so big. It's not good. I, I measured it like Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night, I think it was, from my forehead to the top. It was two and a half inches. Not good. I think that's probably, I think it's probably more now. I think it's probably time for a haircut. Nope. Yeah. Not going to happen. Uh, you know, you're only embarrassing yourself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Maddie and Mia and Lauren like talking about it too much. Yeah. Well, it gives I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to take this away from that. Gives them something to talk about. <laughs> Speaking of something to talk about, did you watch any of the South Korean yeah. baseball? And uh, you know, it's on in the morning. Yeah, I know. I got to work. So I checked it out, and guess what? Yeah, just it was boring. Just like I thought, boring. <laughs> you know why? Didn't they, didn't they, you know, why? I saw they put like paper paper fans in the stands, Doesn't, like pictures of people, like cardboard people in the stands. Here's the thing. I don't know yeah. any of the players. Right. I don't right, know any know. of the teams. I don't know any right. of the stories. And right. quite frankly, I don't care. It's like all these people were flocking to these XFL games. Yeah. Before before it was shut down. Like, who knew anything? No, Anybody. But, you know, people, Americans especially, like watching football and people hurting each other. And right. Like, football, I can right, see. Right, right. Especially, like, a new league. You're trying to get behind it. And maybe you'll be, like, on the ground floor of something. But with this, right. like you're gonna, I can't see you wearing. I don't know. Korean, you know what I'm gonna do? I can't see you wearing a Korean baseball I'm gonna, t-shirt. I'm, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a team, yeah. and I'm gonna follow it. Yeah. It's like I've done with the Turkish soccer club Fenerbahce. Yeah, but like I follow it, that's so it's cool. It's not cool. It's totally this, cool. This wouldn't be cool. This would just be no. But what I did watch, I saw, I saw two very good documentaries this week. What did you see? Um. Well, I couldn't sleep one night, so I caught up on uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan oh, yeah. thing. You watched which all is, of them now? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm up to date. Okay. So it's awesome. And then I've been watching on and off. Um, so I watched the news hour because I'm home. Uh-huh. So I watched the news hour, one of my favorite news programs. And then there's usually Antiques Roadshow right afterwards, right. which is awesome. Right. I love Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. And then... I've been catching, I haven't done it all in a row, but I've been periodically watching um, the documentary about Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And it touches on Teddy Roosevelt and, uh, and big things about Eleanor Roosevelt. Is that the PBS? Super interesting. Is that the PBS yeah. one? That's old yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah, but they're rerunning it. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. I just finished it. Yeah. The Michael, but I do recommend Antiques Roadshow. The Michael Jordan... Uh, the Last Dance is a little bit. Yeah. It's a the timeline thing is a little. Uh, it's not 
obviously because they're not, jumping back and it's forth. It's not linear, uh, right? And it's a little confusing. And if you know the history because you lived through it, like we did, then it's not that right. confusing because you know right. who all the yeah. Because it's all natural to me. Like yeah. there's nothing confusing. But it's not a great technique and I understand why they did it because they got like 500 right. hours of footage from this 97 98 right. season and they built the whole right. story around that but right. you know it's a choice that they made probably because this is the, where they had the most amount of footage uh-huh. right. uh, so they decided to build the story that way but it's not the natural way to tell that story I think uh-huh. Uh-huh. which makes it I a little st- bit it- confusing but right I guess if you just if you didn't live through it, if you're a basketball fan and you're a kid and yeah. you're 15 yeah. and you sit down to watch it, it may be right. right. That's true. That, all I, that being said, rewatching it, like we talked about the other day, just reminds you that he is the best. Right. Remember in the, the last episode we talked about that I, I was talking about the, the 91 finals against the Lakers yeah. and that he did some move right. that I was watching it with. And we were just dumbfounded. It was in, it was in there, and I, I saw it again, and they showed it from different angles. Right. And that's one of the and most I'm, iconic shots of his from his you're career. Like, from his how career. the fuck did he do that? Because he's supernatural. That's, that's he he went up, yeah. one hand and switched, passed it to the other hand, well, and then hands in midair and yeah. from one side to the other. But honestly, other. and one side, honestly though. That move, if you watch it, was a little bit of a show-off move because he could have just laid it up from the right side where he was instead of switching it to the left hand and going Yeah, left. but, you know. Well, that's why it's a showboat move. It's not like he wasn't trying <laughs> know, to score. He was trying to prove a point, which is right. fine. How um, many years later are we still talking about? Well, 30, almost. Yeah. But I've, one of the most interesting sound bites that I found, and yeah. obviously... There are a lot of great storylines and Isaiah yeah, yeah, Thomas yeah. and, you know, right. do they keep right. him off the dream team? Right. B.J. Armstrong, who was yes. a teammate in the yes. early run, the fir- when they yes. won the first three in a row. Okay, I think when, I know where you're going yeah, with this. When Go he ahead. said in 1992, Michael Jordan stopped playing basketball and just started yes. winning. And right. was playing a different game than everybody else was, on the court, and that alone, that soundbite alone, explains everything. That's exactly. It was unbelievable, and he like learned. Yeah, he learned how to win, and he he learned how to control a game, control the game, yeah. and and actually by doing that, you you have the emergence of people like Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant and so on and so forth, because he was creating this environment. Where these guys could play, it was yeah. It's but really Scotty Pippen was developing into a you know all yeah, top sure, fifty all time player on his own, but, but he I, he knew what he had to do, and they were smart enough. You know, obviously one of the villains in quotes in this is Jerry Krause, yeah, right, because Jerry Krause was not satisfied with building what he built because he felt he never got the credit because, well, how hard Mm -hmm. is it to build a team around a generational talent, right? So Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan got all the credit, and he wanted more of the credit. The credit, right. Right? So, I mean, they put really good pieces around him. If you think about LeBron James, who is our this generation's Jordan, his head and shoulders better than everybody in the league, Uh He yeah. never, until he did it for himself when he moved to the Heat. Heat, he, he, right. The Cleveland Cavaliers, in, the first, in his first run with them, 
they never were able to yeah. put the pieces around him that he needed. To get around him, right. That being right. said, he still took the, that Cavaliers team to the finals one year yep. with no mm-hmm. one. We no know. one. Wait, he did it again when he went back. No, when he went back, he had Kyrie Irving on his team. Right, right. But then after Kyrie departed. No, after Kyrie departed, they didn't win. They didn't didn't win, but he carried them so far. Especially the last season. Yeah. um, Two years ago when they went to the finals. But they got got demolished in the finals. Okay, but still. Because he he picked them up and dragged them to the finals. He literally had nobody around him again. Right. So... Yeah, but Michael Jordan, who was a fantastic player and probably, right. you know, if not the best in the top two, um, was blessed with having an organization that put the right pieces around him. Here's the thing is that, you know, the and we'll get out of this in a second, but I don't I don't think that Jordan comes across as being as big a dick I just, as people say. I, I don't think I just, he's a, I don't think he comes across as being a dick. But I do think he comes across as being sociopathically competitive. Yeah, oh, that goes without saying. If that's not a dick, <coughs> I don't know. If that's not a question, <coughs> but if that's not a dick, that's pretty damn close. Because that footage of him rolling quarters with his security guy <laughs> and getting angry, <laughs> just, getting angry when he lost, is unbelievable. I don't know. I didn't think that that was so... I don't know. I just thought of it as being competitive, but not as malevolent. Well, that's one thing. Look, when you're with your... For your professional athlete, you want them to have that killer instinct on the court. Right. You want them to be that level of of competitive... To have that level of competitiveness. But he couldn't turn that off. That's the problem. Absolutely. He couldn't turn that off. And I can guarantee you that he was probably not the most pleasant person to be around when all he wanted to do was dominate everybody he was with all the right. time. Right. I, 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 undoubtedly, and I think you see that you see that in his teammates when he when they win the first time and he cries and they say, "Oh my God!" Right. You know, we had never seen right. any emotion ang- other than this consumed by <laughs> winning kind of thing. Right. This anger, but again, doesn't I don't know. It seems to me amazingly competitive in a maniacal way, but. Not so malevolent. I thought I saw the Dude, I saw the the quarters with the security guards. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it as this. I just saw. I, I don't just know. I watch see it, as a dick. watch it again and watch how angry he gets when he loses. I know. I, all right. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's definitely not. Oh, okay. It's and not I mean, normal. But is and, he? And dickish? the fact that he was dropping. Is he an asshole? Yeah, I think he was an asshole. I, I mean, know. ask his teammates who he punched in the face during practice. If well, he yeah, was an so we discussed Steve Kerr. Right. He, Steve Kerr wasn't the only one who got cracked either. I know. I know. But so, still, I, to me, to me, the, the documentary makes Jordan a more sympathetic character than he was before I saw it. I, if you would ask me, if you would ask me who's a more sympathetic character before watching this, Jordan or Jordan or, I would definitely say or. Like, I, LeBron James, about, who people hate. What about Kobe? First of all, people don't hate LeBron like they hated MJ because LeBron. What's the worst thing LeBron did? He went on TV and made a very clumsy announcement about how he was leaving his team. Hey, there's a lot of hate on LeBron, and then there's the hate on LeBron in in more recent. For what? For what? For uh, his being outspoken about the about. That's, how that's, African-Americans are treated. That's racism. That's not hatred. Well, right. But that's okay. not the same thing as, like, having a bad reputation. 
Okay. Right? So Kobe, for example, before he died, yeah. before he retired, he yeah. also had a reputation of being a little bit maniacal. I'm not talking about his off-the-court uh, right. legal okay. problems. Well, it's hard to get around that one. I'm not, talking, I'm not referring to that. Right. I'm referring specifically to how he was as a player and a teammate. Right. And he had this... I would say, I would say if, you, if you try to box out his, his sexual assault of a young woman yeah. and you just take Jordan and Kobe as like maniacal, competitive on the court... I'd say Kobe is a more more was a more sympathetic character. Now that I've seen I I now that call. I've seen the the documentary, it's definitely softened me on Jordan. Well, there's a doc about Kobe that could possibly soften you on him too, and right. I I don't think it's as clear cut between the two of them uh-huh. because I think uh-huh. quite frankly that Kobe emulated his persona on Jordan's. Uh-huh. So okay. again, this is a guy who clashed with Shaquille O'Neal, pushed him out. Uh, right. The Lakers because he wanted to be the alpha right. dog, right? He uh-huh. he won championships with with Shaq, but he wanted to prove that he could win championships without Shaq. Uh, so, um, but again, still, but it, that we know what Kobe's reputation was. But it, again, my only point is, before seeing the episodes of The Last Dance, and you had said to me, "Who's the more sympathetic character, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant?" I would say if we if we separate Kobe Bryant's career from his sexual assault, I would say Kobe Bryant is the more sympathetic character on the court. Well, than, than I Michael think Jordan. also I think that's hard because there was such an outpouring when he died so tragically and suddenly and unexpectedly. Right. That that also casts a, not, a shadow I, on people's feelings about him. No, I think that it's sort of I don't want to claim that his reputation was kind of whitewashed when he died. But uh-huh. certainly, they, it was oh, to a point. To a point, I think there were. I mean, voices. there was that whole throwdown with what's her name when she pointed it out. Well, there, right, there were voices out there that said, "Wait a minute, let's not just lionize this guy so quickly." Right, and like you said, those voices were shouted down. Um, right, but it was there. Who was it? Uh, right. Yeah, those voices from were, CBS News. Yeah, I can't remember, but those voices yeah, yeah, yeah. were there. So anyway, I think... And, it, and, it, and then it produced one of the strangest things on Twitter I've ever seen in my life. When What's-Her-Name from CBS News pointed out the fact that Kobe Bryant was involved in this uh, very serious sexual assault. Was set, ultimately, was settled out of court, but he never denied certain aspects of it. And then she got all kinds of hate and it produced a Twitter war. Between Susan Rice, the former National Security Advisor of the United States of America, and Snoop Dogg. Up until the virus, that was peak 2020. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. All right, you wanted to get to something, though. You wanted to talk about something. Well, yeah, I mean, we have to get into what we're going to talk about this week. And, you know, my thought on this was prompted, had a conversation with my mom this week. Uh Uh-huh. And she said... Okay. She said to me... What do you miss the most, you know, while this whole thing is going on and our lives yeah. are, you know, uh-huh. pretty much changed on pause? Yeah. What do you miss the most? And my response okay. was, what, what do you mean what do I miss the most? Like, I'm not going to pick one thing. Like, I miss, right. I miss living my life, right? right. Like, so the, yeah. I, I kind of want to open that up a little bit. 
Like, because I know that there are plenty of people out there who are asking, like, well, what's the first thing you want to do when life returns to normal? As if right. we're going to go back right. magically one day to what it was like in February right. of, of this year yeah. and just live our lives like we used to, which, you know, we know that that's not happening for a long, long time, if ever. A long, long time. So right. the whole notion of, like, well, what's the one thing that you really want to go back to? I don't know that I have one thing that I right. really want to go back to. So what do you... I, I, you know, I could say, oh, I want to, you know, do X, do right, Y, go back to the office, yeah, yeah. ski, whatever. But I think it's it's just, it's more mundane than that. It's, you know, I for a little sense of change, um, I downloaded the Dunkin' Donuts app and ordered breakfast for us uh-huh. to curbside pickup this morning. And, and even that, is an extraordinarily stressful exercise. And just the ability to interact among my fellow humans without being stressed out, without warily eyeing the other person coming down the street who's 10 feet away from me as a potential carrier of this virus, the the ability to move easily among my fellow humans uh, is something that I actually miss. We, and, and and the interaction, of course, you know, I live and breathe and for my children and, and Lauren, but last Saturday we went, we picked up sandwiches and we sat in the backyard of good friends of ours. Uh They have a very long table. We were probably 12 feet (laughs) apart and we had sandwiches and it was in addition to them being great friends and so on and so forth. It just kind of nourished the soul because it wasn't this, detached dystopian right. zoom thing that was right. going on. We were actually in the same place and we could laugh and we could talk and we, you know, and so on and so forth. And it felt good. Right. So it's human contact. But, but really. those, these are people I know who I trust. We can socially distance, but still, physically it's, distance. It's a human contact. Like the it's in-person, a human contact. in-person contact. But the ability to say, Oh, I got to run to the, I got to run to the market and just pick up something. I mean, I'd still do that. That requires, yeah, but at the but look, I have to. What's in my car? I've got gloves. Yeah. I've got wipes, and I've got hand sanitizer. Yeah, I mean everybody. And does I that. go and and before I ran out to Dunkin' Donuts, I said I stood there before I got in the car and turned it out. I said, okay, what are the logistics yeah. well, that are involved to, now with what I'm doing? This is this. How re- am I going to do this? This reminds me of what it was like when our kids were all smaller. And you had to pack right. the diaper bag right. and have five changes of clothes and 12 diapers right, right. and three right. bottles and some food. Right. When they were really little. Right. I mean, when, at some point, I remember. When you basically had to pack the contents of your house with you every right. time you left. Right. There was an end to this. that. There's no end to that. There's an end to that. Like, I remember it got to the point with Maddie. We're still living in the city. And I, you know, I used to take the giant diaper bag sure. and, like you said, everything, whatever. I'd throw a... I'd throw a diaper in my back pocket or in my backpack and a couple of wipes and we'd go up about our business. It wasn't like a big deal. And then ultimately, this, until there is a vaccine or medications or whatever, going to Dunkin' Donuts is a big deal. yeah. I, I got to spread out on the on the ki- on the kitchen table and say, okay, this is my op- this is Operation Pickup Coffee yeah, and Munchkins. But that's life. I and mean, figure out the logistics of it. That's, gonna that's be, exhausting. That's going to be for a long time. So really, yeah. when you think about it, 
most people stop having kids when their last when the kids get past the point where you need to take the entire contents of your house with you every right. time you go out. Because once right. you get past that, you don't want to go back to that. Right. Right. But like you said, yeah. we're not going to be able to. You're not going to walk into your house again from being outside and not wash your hands for forty seconds. That's not going to happen. Like right. there's going to be there're going to be certain things that are just going to be Well, that may new. be good. That may be a good thing it might, it will decrease be decrease the common cold, yeah, flu, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody sent but, me somebody sent me a meme this week where it said, "You remember when at birthday parties we would have a cake and have somebody blow all over the cake and then we'd eat the cake?" <laughs> right. Right. We're never doing that again. Never We're doing never that. Never going to eat something that people blew on. <laughs> We're never going to shake Shake hands no. until there's a vaccine, at least. Buffets, and even then, I don't think people are going to shake hands. Buffets are a thing of the past. Right. You're not going to... Viennese tables yeah, at the bar. You're not going to touch a utensil. No Viennese table. You're not going to touch a utensil that somebody else touched. Right. You're just not going to do well, that. Well, this is one of the ideas for going back to the office. Yeah. Is that everybody gets their own set of office supplies. Yeah. Literally with their names on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you know how many times a day I would be like... Uh, I don't have a pen, and I'd grab one out of the the cup on my RA's desk. Yeah, can you imagine? That, that can happen. Can you imagine what Larry David would do with something like this? Because <laughs> do you remember the episode where he lent his pen to Jason Alexander, and Jason Alexander put it in his mouth, and he made him buy him a new pen? He's like, "What are you talking about? I don't put the pen in my mouth. You will not even let anybody touch your stuff anymore." Right. Imagine getting in and out of an Uber. Well, that's still happening in some places. You're right, going to have to be really careful. They're going to have hand sanitizer in the back. You're right. going to have your gloves on. You're going to have With your my own gloves. hand sanitizer. You know, yep. Bruce, Bruce, our friend Bruce, our listener Bruce, he was in the military. And he taught me how to use the disposable, the latex gloves. Like what's the best practices for that? Um, these are, you know, and so it's totally exhausting. So what I miss is... Just being like, oh, hey, let's go, you know, just going about the routine functions of life. Yeah. Well, the routine um, functions are never going to be the same. Right. That's exactly right. So that leads me to my follow-up on this. Because okay. as I started thinking about the question, I also started thinking about some things that my family has been telling me about me. Oh, okay. And I'm wondering, my family is telling me that I'm angrier right now. Uh-huh. Then I then I lash out more, yeah. and then I have right. less patience. Yeah, um, and I'm wondering how this whole thing has impacted because it's not only me. Everybody reacts, and yeah. everybody is reacting right. in their own idiosyncratic right. way to this. So the question mm-hmm. is really like, how do you think this is gonna this has impacted you? Like, how is being stuck for two months? In your house with right. your family, and you, you know, we talked about it a couple episodes ago how much we do enjoy yeah, our yeah, yeah. families, but the right. level of stress is so high for everybody, yeah, for everyone. Yeah. And right. as parents, of course, we absorb when our kids are stressed, we're stressed because we're stressed yeah. for them and we're stressed about mm-hmm. them. So, not right. only do we have to worry about you know our own careers. And our own yeah. lives and our own relationships, yeah. but we Lively have to right. yeah we have to worry about the, our kids. The kids, yeah. And as we talked about, like they're suffering, and you know mm-hmm. what, we're suffering too, but yeah, in different ways. Even if we so, don't sort of say like, well, this is suffering, 
right? I don't feel like I'm suffering, right. but clearly I'm not behaving the same way according to yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. who I come into contact with in my house. Right. So, oh, so you're asking me, I don't know, I, look, I, I often had stupid, unnecessary fights or raised my, <laughs> raised my voice with Lauren unnecessarily, like, this morning I needed her help with something and like she was in the middle of something, I was in the middle of something and then like something on my computer screwed up and I was upstairs and like I, I raised my voice. I've always been kind of a little bit too quick like that. It's quick, you know, quick it's, to anger. Yeah, well, it's genetic. Um, my father was very much like that. I've tried to keep it under control and of course I were immediately apologetic yeah, yeah. about it. I don't know. So I don't know if it's that. I think with me, First of all, I think there's one thing that's been positive is that one thing that I've never had in life is patience for anything. Yeah. And this, more than anything else, has taught me patience. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and everything is going to be better. That's true. We're talking about a longer period of time. So how to kind of lengthen my time horizon and how do I deal with that? And what is that? And what does that look like for me? I've been very... I hate to use this overused word, but I've been mindful of the fact that patience is uh, is supremely important yeah. right now. And I can't say that I'm perfect with it. So there's that. And then I think one of the things that I've been – and I discussed this in terms of Mia. Um, I think I've been at times a little more withdrawn. And I think that the withdrawn – because you know me. I'm overflowing, extroverted – Tigger like bouncing off the walls most of the time, except in a professional setting. And I think at times, you know, Lauren's kind of looked up at me and been like, Hey, are, are you okay? And it's just my being withdrawn. And I think one of the things about being withdrawn is I have a feeling, a loss of control. Yeah. I have tremendous anxiety about uncertainty. And I don't necessarily want to signal that to, sure. to Maddie and Mia. Sure. They're, so they're so I'm drawing within myself. Yeah. Um, and so deep in my in my thoughts and my fears over that. And I think that's really the that's probably the biggest change yeah. in me is that withdrawn. Usually I'm much more fulsome about huh. what I'm feeling and and and, and what I want to do, even my, even my, you know, endless work neuroses, the kids get a full kind of, right. you know, sense of it. But on this stuff, no, because, you know, we're talking about long-termism. We're talking about, you know, people who I trust, like Lori Garrett, who I'm sure people have seen on TV, has made, I think, it clear that this is, under the best case scenario, a 36-month event. Um... Well, so I mean, we're not going to be trapped in our houses for thirty six. No, 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 no. But that this is this kind of moment. Yeah, it's going to last without a long time. you know. So and that it's likely to be longer because of the utter chaos. Right, of well, the, response. the ineptitude, I think. Right, the chaos. There's the chaos so is created things, by ineptitude. Right. So when I listen, when I listen to Laurie Garrett, who I know, who's a friend, um, or when I listen to Michael Osterholm from the University of Minnesota, um who another one of our listeners knows who I think are realistic about stuff. It, I, it is important to hear those things because it's important in preparing oneself, but yeah. it's also deeply, deeply worrying. 
Yeah, well, so, obviously that, as adults and so, as parents, so, we have to protect our kids from to the best right, so, that we can, which means so that the we're way, internalizing it, a lot of it. Right, so in, interestingly, for someone like myself who has had, you know, does get angry, does raise my voice, that's not really what it is. It's it's a it's a withdrawing kind of response rather than getting angry at everybody and everything. Yeah. Like I said this morning, the... the the drama over needing Lauren to look at something on the computer while she was in the middle of something else. Right. I think it was she wrote down a password wrong and it was pissing me off because I was in the middle of something. And so I was like, Rah! and she's like, I'm in the middle of something. Okay, stupid, dumb, ridiculous. But that I, I think that would have happened whether we were in the right, midst of a right. global pandemic or not. Yeah, well, maybe the, 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 the upshot is we are trying to be more thoughtful about how we react yeah. to things or how we you know come across yeah yeah this is uh, an ongoing struggle i think for everybody yeah. and it's only going to mutate and get more yeah. whatever as the time goes by and we have to right you know we just like i keep telling people you know this is a slog this is just a slog and right now there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel right and that, I think, is the most distressing part. Like, if you said, like, okay, you have another month like this, but then at you the end like, of that sure. month... Everything's fine. It's not yeah. everything will be back to normal, but you'll right. go out, you'll have right. this, you'll have that. But, of course, because of the nature of a pandemic, we can't predict the future. So right. you can't say, okay, here's... You know, they dropped an, an arbitrary date down, and they're like, right. May 15th, which is, right. you know... You can say anything you want. It doesn't make it so. Right. So, like, in my office, you know, they said, you know, periodically they'll up, you know, we get updated every week, but periodically they'll update us on the reopening of the office. Right. And each time they set a date, they say, this is an arbitrary date that we are putting down and we will revisit it as we get closer to this date. You know what that new date is? Tell me. After Labor Day. There you go. That's, yeah. And I doubt we'll go back after Labor Day. I mean, maybe in some way, some people, maybe they'll have, like, you know, people who work in the X department and Y department come in on Mondays and Wednesdays, and other people come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't see any reason, I don't see any reason for a person like me to to go in under those circumstances. Look, if you can get done what you need to get done at home, like, then you get done what you need to get done. Like Right, like, at some point I'll need to, like, I'll need supplies. I'll need, okay, you know, that's, I, the, that's the not last the day I was thing. in, I grabbed books. But that's not the same thing as going to work. But I can tap into my desktop from here yeah. and work on all my documents, you know, right. that kind of thing. What, what's the other thing that's super strange to me and kind of surreal and like has made me, you know, is, is this withdrawn thing is, again, I haven't been out as much as Lauren has. And that's by dis, the decision yeah. that the two of us have made. And so I'm often... I'm, uh, on the days that it's been particularly nice, I've been out on our porch, or uh, we have those big windows in the in the dining room, and I can see the, the street. There have been some amazingly beautiful, beautiful days. Yeah. And it's weird. It doesn't, but it doesn't seem that way. It seems so detached from what's going on. Like spring, you know, comes earlier here. We've had just spectacular azaleas. It's rained a ton here. Things are just gorgeous, and it just but it doesn't feel like you can really appreciate. Right, because you're not living in the natural world right. anymore. You're living right. in your house. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. So it's. By the way, that being you know, said, it was 35 degrees in New York City this morning. That's yeah, too it was, cold. Yeah, Law ran. Law, today is a day off for me. I do nothing. Too cold. And Law ran. It was 33 when she went yeah, out. It's too cold for May 9th. Yeah. Not have it. Yeah. All right, so let's get to um, the asshole of the week. All right. Because we announced this in our last episode that we were going to do the asshole of the week going forward. We got some. We got some input yeah, in the mailbag. Let's go to the mailbag. Let's go to the mailbag right, first. So the mailbag, I won't name names, but we got Wait, some... Wait, can we repeat the, the email address just for yeah. some people who may, by yeah, some chance, course. might have missed the last episode? It's theamencornerpod at gmail.com. That's theamencornerpod at gmail.com. So send us your list of assholes of the week. and Or anything else. Sure. You want to communicate with us? Go right ahead. Knock yourselves out. So, There's a spirited discussion on this email box, email about uh, Billy Crystal, actually. Yeah. Yeah, one of our listeners pushed back on the Billy Crystal thing. <laughs> I, push, I pushed back on the pushback there. So, yeah, you're waiting for the pushback from the I'm pushback waiting. from the pushback. I want to have a discussion yeah. about this, and I want to invite that listener to rewatch <laughs> Forget Paris. Okay. Um, right. And then we'll have a conversation. Okay. Okay, so... Asshole of the week. Well, now... Listener input. Yeah, listener input. This is the pantheon of assholes. Jared, okay. Jared Kushner has to win solo from last week for praise of the administration's COVID response. Fair <laughs> enough. And then also okay. in the pantheon... Not going to get an argument from me. Pedro Martinez. Oh. Now, however, we have on our panth- in our pantheon everyone who's ever played for the Boston Red Sox. So Pedro certainly... Uh, he's <laughs> right, already represented exactly. on that list. Uh, okay. Bettina, the Russian plant. <laughs> I don't know. You think she's an she belongs in the pantheon? I don't know. I, it's just you know I don't want to discourage our listeners from writing. No, 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 no. I mean, and then she's certainly. Yeah, I mean, she's good. I think the people. I think more. I mean, certainly she's an asshole. She's a yeah. she's a Russian spy. But I think the people that she took in. They're bigger assholes. Are more the assholes. Yeah. Oh, the NRA. The, oh, let's put the NRA up there. Oh, yeah, the NRA. Yeah. That's, NRA has to go up there. In its yeah. entirety. In its entirety. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then Elaine okay. Chow. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, we have Mitch McConnell up there. <laughs> we yeah. could add in Mitch McConnell and spouse. <laughs> Knock stuff out. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Although he's, she real. has enabled some. She's yeah. enabled some her shady really, deals with regard to really wealthy with regard to Kentucky. So yeah, she's really wealthy. I think that's all right. And yeah. then so now we're moving on to this week. Okay, so you have four candidates and I have. Well, four no, candidates. then we also had some more input, but oh, oh, okay. So yeah, you have four candidates. I have four candidates, and then we'll read what our what okay. our readers said. Okay. Okay. So we, one one at a time. You go, then I'll go. Okay, well, I actually have I have one that was an oversight in our original list. Okay, I'll put it on the so, list. Cheryl Sandberg, which also okay. adds like a little more gender uh, balance. Okay, but that's not specific to this week. No, it's not specific to this week. But I I'll just put want her to on add the list. She's list. on our list. Okay. She's on our list. Okay. okay, and yeah, big shout out to the women. We need more women. Big on shout out to the women. So I just wanted to make sure that we got Cheryl Sandberg because okay. it was a huge oversight because okay. I think she is okay. just an asshole. Go okay. On. So here for, are my three. Well, no, one at a time. 
Oh, okay. Then I'll go, go and then you go, and then, come on. Okay. Be fair now. Okay. Okay. Go. go ahead. So my your, oh, your okay. first one. My first one. Yep. George E. Barnhill. George is the George E. Barnhill is the district attorney in Wycross, Georgia. Okay. Who, after recusing himself from the case of the shooting of Ahmad Marbury, said that there was no reason to arrest these two murderers. Well, for uh, because they were carrying the alleged murderers because they they have a right to carry their weapons. They were clearly acting in self-defense, and that Ahmed Marbury's Arbery. it was clear Ar- his Arbery, whatever well, is no, no, no. I know. I'm just thinking. Yeah, it it, it that he essentially deserved right, it right. because of his quote unquote violent nature. Right, they felt threatened by a job. Right, but they, but they, he actually said this violent nature. Which they, of course, were able to ascertain from watching him jog in their neighborhood. Uh, right, right. This is the district attorney. He, he did recuse himself, yeah. but he claimed that this murdered young man yeah. had a violent nature and therefore must have deserved right. it. That was the implication of what he wrote. Well, I mean, that's right. the Georgia way, right? The guy was yeah. black, so he has a violent nature. Right. So that, right. So that is connected to my number one. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a father and the father and son duo, Gregory and Travis McMichael, the actual alleged murderers of Ahmed uh, Arbery. Arbery. Yeah. yeah. So they're my number one. They're they're my first pick for assholes of the week. More so than the uh, was he the district attorney? Uh yeah, yeah. in Wycross, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So yes, he that guy's an asshole, but without them, this guy is just a footnote. That's true. Okay. 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 So that's one. Okay. Go on. Congressman Kevin Brady, Republican of Texas. Okay. Congressman Brady was interviewed on television by Ali Velshi of MSNBC. Yeah. About the reopening of Texas. Uh Uh-huh. And which Ali Velshi pointed to a number of statistics reported by the Houston Chronicle, which showed that the case numbers were actually rising in Texas and that this was likely to lead to the opening was likely to more infections and more deaths to which Congressman Kevin Brady, Republican of Texas said the Houston Chronicle is biased. (laughs) Facts are biased, right? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So he's good on the list. He's good on the list. Um, Bill Barr. Bill, yes. Bill Barr, well, who is always on our list, but this week, I mean, he's on the Pantheon, or is he? I don't think he. he I don't think. I don't think he is. But he's also my. He's also he was my. He was my other asshole of the week. Right. Well, he's got to be up there because this week he's, he's got to be up there. And I don't think we need to go into it. All right. So if we both have him, right. I'm going to go on to the next one. Okay. Noel White. Noah White Laid on is the CEO of Tyson Foods. <laughs> okay? And I just wanna I just wanna let people make people aware of the fact that one thousand thirty one workers from Tyson's Iowa pork processing plant have tested positive for the coronavirus. That is thirty seven percent of all of the workers at this plant 
have tested positive for the coronavirus. Oh and Horrible. T- and Tyson just keeps on rolling. And they don't do anything. Nope. And they claim, like, oh, we have protocols in place. Bullshit. Right. They also have But you interview the workers. They've underreported They the say, numbers, no, none of that's true. And it's all not true. And they've underreported numbers of people who tested positive for it. And they are putting people at risk in order to make sure that America has its bacon. Um, and, and of course, all these executives get their get out of jail, no liability card free from both the administration as well right. as congressional Republicans. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so who do you have? Who else do you have? That's it. I had four. Okay. Bill Barr, Sheryl Sandberg, Kevin or, uh, Congressman Kevin yeah, Brady, Cheryl, and George E. Barnum. Sheryl Sandberg I'll put on the list on the Pantheon, and I think we should yeah. put Bill Barr on the Pantheon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But specific to this week. No, then I only have Congressman Kevin Brady and George E. Barnum. I have one. Because I had Bill Barr, too. I have one more. And I have oh, okay. Bill Barr also. I, oh, okay. Uh, no, but I, I guess I said Bill Did Barr. I not do my homework correctly? No, you did. You did. Oh, okay. But I just want to add right. one more person. Okay, go. There's a guy named Yaron Oren Pines. Uh-huh. Who... Sounds uh, Jewish. He sounds vaguely Israeli. He bilked, yeah. bilked New York State out of $86 million for ventilators. What? Ventilators that he jacked up the prices on and then never delivered. Oh, my God. An unqualified vendor who was not vetted properly... Because what an asshole! Because people need ventilators, or at the right. height of the crisis when New York was going crazy, thinking right. they needed forty thousand ventilators. So he jacked up his the prices, and then proceeded and then never delivered not to deliver. So he's on my list for this week. Where do they find him? Forty Seventh Street photo. No, I mean, no, what no. the he's fuck? He's like a Silicon Valley guy. Oh my god! Yeah, but he had never had any experience in you know. The there's 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 some firm here that one it's it's bankrupt, it it has two employees. Yeah. It was some sort of like military training firm, and it got awarded like a fifty five million dollar contract to supply masks. Oh, never mind. not even in the not yes. even not even close to being in that business. Plus bankrupt. Uh, guess who this guy came through? Uh, hmm. Let me want. Let me guess. Jared Kushner. There you go. Ding, ding, oh ding, my ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Oh, my God. Okay. So now we have all of those uh, contestants. Who do we think gets the, takes the crown this week? It's got to be the guys who killed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, know. as much as Bill Barr deserves it for destroying right. the independence of the judiciary, um, yeah, it's got to be these guys. Yeah, so congratulations to Gregory and Travis McMichael, who are the assholes of the week. Assholes of the week. If it's true, Unbelievable. if the video that we have seen... Oh, come on. It, listen, all from what we see indicates that these guys are murderers. They tracked him down. Yes, and they killed him. And shot him. In, in broad daylight. And then and he, he got ch- away he with ch- it for two months. Right, and so people say, "Oh, he tried to get he he ran yeah. to the right." If some guy well, he's trying to get away gun. from guys with guns. Yeah, if some guy was chasing me with a gun. I would run too. So if this, <laughs> they're like, he's hauling ass through the neighborhood. These guys, yeah, because guys are chasing him with guns. I'm just saying, the? if they're guilty, they should never see the light of day again. Uh. Now, I want to put something out there before we okay. wrap it up because we're okay. going way over today. Way over. 
if we're having the asshole of the week, I want to have a shout out to the the opposite of the asshole of the week, which is I don't want to okay. call him a hero, but okay. maybe he's the hero of the week. Okay. You ready? My hero yeah. of this week is okay. Axel Rose. <laughs> yes. So Axel Rose. <laughs> yes, I love it. Axel Rose tweeted this week, and I'm just going to read these three tweets, and we're going to you know, everybody will understand uh, why he is beautiful. the hero of the week. Axel Rose <laughs> tweeted, "It's official." Whatever anyone may have previously thought of Steve Mnuchin, he's officially an asshole. <laughs> to which Steve Mnuchin responded, What have you done for the country lately? <laughs> and he put a flag emoji. He thought it was the American flag, but it ended up... It was, it was the flag of Liberia, It was the right? Liberian flag. <laughs> and then to which Axel responded, My bad. I didn't get we were hoping to emulate Liberia's economic model, but on the real, <laughs> but on the real, unlike this administration, I'm not responsible for 70,000 plus deaths. And unlike you, I don't hold a federal government position of responsibility to the American people and go on TV telling them to travel during, <laughs> to, telling them to travel the U.S. during a pandemic. <laughs> Boom! Love. I loved it. Axel Rose. Sweet child of mine. <laughs> Axel Rose. Axel Rose. Proves that you're never too old to rock and roll. Oh, God. And Amazing. speak truth to power. And you know, if he weren't Axel Rose, Mnuchin would not have responded to him. <laughs> but Mnuchin I love just it. dug his own grave on that one. And for that, we owe Axel a debt of gratitude. Thank you, Axel. Thank you, Axel. All right. All right, we're out of here. Have a good one. Wash your hands.